0: of our campuses. I'm excited to have all of you guys, our South Shore, Gulf Coast, those in Baton Rouge. I want to welcome each week as well all the men and women at the St. Tammany Parish Jail as well as the Orleans Justice Center, of course, here at Little Creek, to week three of our series entitled Winning Over Worry. Come on, can we just welcome all those campuses? Man, we're excited to have you guys I trust everybody is excited about all that they ate at Thanksgiving, I know. Can I have a big amen right there? And we're all trying to get a plan to be able to lose it. Yeah, that's right. But well, we are excited to have all of you with us and those that are joining us online, all the guests. Uh, we're in a series. It's a five-week series, and I'm very excited today uh, that we have a guest. I call him a guest, but he's really not a guest, Pastor Jim LaFoon. How many of y'all love Pastor Jim LaFoon when he comes? Yes. Love Pastor Jim. Now I hope let me just time out. I hope that they're going to be able to see you Pastor Jim with this cuz these people's everybody's needs to be able to see you yeah, Pat, okay. for those of you that don't know Pastor Jim is a spiritual overseer uh, of, of our church, there's actually two pastors. We have a board. He's also as well on our board, uh, but a real spiritual dad to myself uh, and Jennifer, uh, my lovely wife. And so we we are grateful for you, Pastor Jim. He's been with us from the very beginning. Uh, again, uh, he's on a team called, with Every Nation Churches. He pastored for a long time. Also, Miss Kathy is here as well. Excited to have her. Yes. He's an author. A preacher, a prophetic voice to the global body of Christ. And he's, and he's more than that. He's a spiritual dad to so many. And we are privileged to come. I want to say two things. Uh, this is going to be a really great message. He's in our series. But he's also going to share some stuff. And I asked him to do this, Pastor, if you wouldn't mind. I asked him to share uh, just some prophetic thoughts that he had last year uh, before COVID uh, hit the globe. Uh, the Lord really began to speak to him. And for those of you uh, that are maybe new to Christianity or new to Church of the King, uh, we believe in the gift of prophecy. We believe it's in the Bible. We believe it's relevant for today. Uh, and God gave him some prophetic thoughts and some impressions, some ideas, really from the Lord. Uh, and he's going and to. And I'd like for you to share that all maybe right. before the message or in however you want to do that. Second of all. Uh, For those of you, how many of y'all, I know thousands of you guys participate in Unite 714. Pastor Jim is the one that had the vision and the real heart towards that, Pastor. If you could also share that, uh, how the Lord used him and all of that. So I'm going to ask all of us, yes, all of us at all of our campuses to stand up. All those in the South Shore, come on here at the Little Creek. Let's warmly welcome Pastor Jim LaFoon. We love you, Pastor Jim.
1: Thank you very much. I think this is like my this is like my 22nd weekend at Church of the Kings over 22 years. I can I come twice a year on a weekend and then and with a staff as well. And typically I come around Thanksgiving weekend and I want to confess public Bible says confess your sins one to another. Pray. I might have eaten a bit too much this Thanksgiving. I'm trying to remember, might have been the first in a few years, forgive me. Okay, Lord, forgive me for lying also, all right now. Anyway, it's great to be with you. Uh, Before we go into this mess, I wanna start by really thanking Church of the King for all your support, Unite 714. In particular, I wanna really thank Pastor Steve, who along with Chris Hodges and Dino Rizzo, and you may have heard their names, worked with the four of us, worked on Unite 714. I wanna thank John Scott for all of his work. We couldn't have done it without him. Um, United 714 really started with a voice memo to Pastor Steve. Um, God began to speak to me about calling the body of Christ in the world to pray, and I sent it to Steve. And within a few days, we were on a call um, with really probably the most significant, many spiritual leaders in America. and We ended up over the next six weeks literally with some of the most significant spiritual leaders of every possible denomination in the world. It was unusual. In June, a magazine came out with an article on Unite 714. It was not a Christian magazine. It was a secular publication, basically saying that right, they estimated right under 900 million people had already been involved in United 714. We don't know if that's true, but we receive it. Um, it was definitely millions and millions and still... Millions of people in 16, 17 languages are praying. So thank you as a church. One of the things that's marked Church of the King has been a willingness to move beyond themselves to the world, the whole body of Christ. So I want to appreciate Pastor Steve, John, and just you. Those of you who prayed, still praying. Um has it has it made a difference? You know, we're in we're still facing COVID. When I think of the millions of people that Science, particularly, would be dead by now. And I I grieve over the 1,400,000, whatever it is around the world. But I'm thankful it could have been much worse. I'm so thankful for the grace of God to help us. Steve asked me to comment. Really, it goes back to me for December 31st, um, 2018. I was in the New Year's service at my home church in Brentwood, Tennessee. And I was sitting on the front row. And I received a number of impressions from the Holy Spirit that night. And um, it started where I saw New York city just shattered. Um, Our economy falling apart and these things are all recorded. um, And it rippled um, across the whole country. California went vertical and I could hear people screaming that were, we are literally falling into depression. It, It shook me. I have kids in California and grandchildren and kids in New York City, it it hit me so hard. I said, God, I kept kept hearing 17 months, 17 months, 17 months. I knew within 17 months the nation was going to come to an economic shaking unlike I had experienced. But just in the middle of that moment, I saw the hands of God reach out and catch the country and I knew God was gonna help us. Um, when I got up with my congregation, and it was a New Year's service, and then, I don't know, eight 900 people were there, and I don't know if it was a Happy New Year's service, because I was supposed to preach that night, and I was trying to come to terms with what I'd seen, and I, got, I basically got up and I told them, this is what's gonna happen. In fact, I told them this, 17 months from this weekend, this night, America will come into a time of tremendous fear, division, brokenness, polarization. It will scare people. Doomsayers will dominate the airwaves, but this is what God would tell you. America will not end up in a lasting depression or recession. America will not end up in anarchy. America will end up in a revival and a move of God's spirit. And that is the truth of it. And so I I just wanted to tell you that. God's not surprised by this. You know, I was recently, like, like many of you, I'm concerned about the country, and I was in my backyard almost crying, and he goes, hey, what's wrong down there? I said, well, you know, it's pretty good where you are up here, I'm down here. He goes, do you think like maybe I've uh, off my throne? He said, do you think maybe, son, I don't have this? And, and as Steve knows, it was in May, the Lord showed me this, this terrible river, literally of death and destruction, flow out of China to every nation in the world. Saw it. God said, your country's gonna get dangerous, but Jim, I've got it. I've got it. And beloved, let me tell you, what the enemy means for evil, God's gonna use for good. Don't buy into the lie that somehow our country's over. Don't buy into the lie that this is the new norm forever. It's not. God is coming by his spirit, to touch our country. I could feel it. The one thing Pastor Steve and I, as we had the privilege of going all around the world together, literally I've, he'd look, we'd both realize that was one of those unique moments in our life. We begin to realize, and we were in literally every continent but Antarctica. There's a universal expectation in the body of Christ that God's coming that God's going to meet us, that God's going to help us. And he is, you'll see it. And the most powerful weapon we have is not nuclear. It's not hydrogen. It's not laser. It's prayer. And here's why. We are the only people in the world that understand the power it takes to change a human heart. And only God can do that. Now let's pray. Holy spirit. I'm so thankful for church. of The king, It's just extended family to me. Lord, it seems like just yesterday I was praying over Steve and Jennifer before this church even started. I'm so thankful for what you've done. Lord, now as we address the topic of winning over worry, help us, Lord. Amen. How many of you know it's not only COVID that's been viral, it's worry, it's anxiety, it's fear, it's palpable really is. And so Pastor Steve said, you know, Pastor Jim, do whatever you want. Do a standalone. I said, no, I'm going to talk about worry. And I don't know. I may be an expert on worry. I've worried so much. And so I want to share with you how you can overcome worry. So I'm going to basically call this part three of our series. I'm going to call it Shalom Shalom. You'll see why when we get into the text. That's a Hebrew word for peace. It's a powerful word. It doesn't just mean you're in a peaceful circumstance; it means the peace of God encompasses your soul. And when we get later into Isaiah, perfect peace means shalom, shalom. And I'm going to talk about how can you learn to walk in perfect peace. I'll talk about what that is and how you implement it. Now I'm going to break this message into three main parts. Last part will have three parts. John fourteen twenty-seven. Jesus says this. Peace, I leave with you. Now we know he's also in that context talking about the Holy Spirit who brings peace. My peace, I give you. Now he says here, I've got this peace called my peace, but it does not work like the peace in the world. How many of you know there's a different, when you have peaceful circumstances, you can be peaceful? Personally, I'm looking forward to 2021 just to get out of 2020. And the fact of it is, he says, my peace doesn't work like the world works. In fact, you can be peaceful when nothing else is peaceful. My peace is so profound. No matter where you find yourself, no matter what you're facing, it will guard you. And because of that, don't let your heart be troubled. Now, wait a minute. And do not be afraid. That seems impossible. Here's what Jesus is saying. Because of the peace, I can give you you can choose not, for, you can choose for your heart not to be troubled. There is a peace. It says in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I'll stop right there. That means the Holy Spirit can produce peace in you no matter what your circumstance. And I won't go into all the times of my life where I had no peace, facing health challenges, children seemingly dying in our arms. Kathy having having cancer, all the things I've gone through. And Jesus says, no matter what you're facing, whether it's marital, whether it's your business, whether it's in your family, whether it's national, you can have peace. Now, the fact of it is, beloved, is that why is this peace so important? What would inspire us to believe that? Well, so many scriptures, Isaiah 9 6 says, for unto us a child is born, he's the prince of peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is resting on me because they trust in you. It says in Philippians 4.7, there's this peace that doesn't make sense. There's this peace that transcends your understanding. I mean by that, you're peaceful and you don't know why. You're peaceful and it makes no sense. You've just had a test to f- figure out Doctor Lynch, you may have cancer, I'll let you know in 24 hours. I've been there. You're peaceful, but it makes no sense. And why is that so important? Because in a world filled with pain, despair, uncertainty, and death, quite honestly, it's impossible to walk in peace without the help of the Holy Spirit. Forget COVID for a moment. The economy a polarized country, fears over the political system, whatever you're faced with tonight, without the help of Christ. That's why he says in John 16, 33, everything I've told you is so you can have peace, but in this world, you'll have trouble. Take heart. I've overcome the world. If you'll simply apply what I'm telling you tonight, And out of that application, you'll develop a lifestyle. You will find a new place of peace. I won't go into all the medical things that happen when your fight or flight reflex kicks in, what it does to your digestive system, your heart rate, your sleep. You know those things. But how do we do it? Like how when we walk out this door, Do we find peace? How many of you, when you come into a a corporate gathering like this, you feel more peaceful? Raise your hand. Why is that? Because there's an unusual manifestation of God's presence when we worship. We're surrounded by other believers. I know if you're like me, you wish you could put this in like a can and just take it home. But when you walk out this door tonight, how will you find peace? What will happen? What is the secret to it? Like all of you, I I face needs in my family, needs in my career, needs in the country. I manage crisis in multiple places. How do I go to sleep at night? Like, how do I walk in peace? Let me talk to you about how do we implement this? Like real practically tonight. How do you walk in this pace? What do you do to experience the peace of God? One of the most profound promises in all of Scripture is Isaiah 26, 3. It says, You will keep in perfect peace. Now, in the Hebrew, that's shalom, shalom. That's a double pace, that's a profound peace that means it's possible for you to have your heart guarded by the peace of God. That even when the worst possible new pierces your life, peace rises up and defends you. Where your first reflex is not anxiety or anxiousness, it's just the peace of God. How would that be? You will keep in perfect peace Those whose minds are steadfast. Now, the word steadfast is a very, very interesting word. It means to be founded on or to rest on something. May I tell you, in the end, what you're resting your faith on? What you your ultimate trust in determines in the end the level of your peace. Goes on to say, because they trust in you. So when it talks about steadfast, that basically means, what am I sitting on? What am I resting the weight of my life on? Ultimately, what is my hope for the future? my hope for my children, my hope for my family, uh, my hope for retirement, my hope for my country, what is it resting on? You know, it's interesting when I look back on this year, how many of you know, we've sure found out how we've built spiritually, with the winds and the rains and the floods. Now, I have two chairs here. The first one, this is out of 1 Timothy 6.15. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Isaiah says if you're resting on God, if your ultimate hope for your children, your life, your country, your career, your health, you say, have I, you say Jim, have you faced death? Yes, I have. I've laid dying and had God heal me, I faced kidnapping. All kinds of things. But the Bible says, if you're resting on this, I'll keep you in perfect pace. But he says this, if you're resting on other than this, maybe it's, man, I, you know, I've got my retirement, or I've got a political system, or I've got, I just know who I need, or I'm resting on myself, I've got a great degree, I've got a great education, I've got great friends, maybe it's my surroundings. What Isaiah says is, if you're resting ultimately on anything other than this, you'll be anxious. One great scholar said this. The true message of Isaiah, one of the most profound books in all the Bible is this. The book of Isaiah is all about the attempt of Israel to trust in things other than God. That's what it's all about. And so, when they begin to come under pressure, when they begin to feel like, man, our country's gonna be destroyed, we're done, the Assyrians are gonna get us, the Babylonians are gonna get us. When they watched 10 of their tribes wiped out, eradicated, you realize what's happening in the book of Isaiah. During the life of Isaiah, I mean, they're coming to a period of time, gone. You just imagine 35 states disappearing, cleansed, wiped out, enslaved. That was the time they lived in. And throughout the book of Isaiah, Isaiah says, do not trust in Babylon. Don't trust in Assyria. Don't trust in Egypt. Don't trust in a king. Trust in God over and over. Even when God came down and the armies of Assyria were coming to Jerusalem to wipe them out, they had no hope. And Rabbi Shaka, who was kind of the main emissary of King Sennacherib, he said, his question was this, what are you resting your faith on? He said, right before the walls, invincible army, what are you resting your faith on? He said, are you resting it on the mere words of your God? Are you resting it on what a prophet told you or what God told you? Do you think your God can save you? Isaiah heard that, the rest is history. Their army was wiped out and Sennacherib was murdered by his sons. You say, Pastor Jim, have we been reduced to trusting on God? We're always reduced on trusting on God. You just feel it now. We feel the reality of where we really live every day. You say, Pastor Jim, America has problems. Travel a bit. I still would rather live here than anywhere else. I mean, I'm telling you, beloved, listen to me. But there's a tendency in every one of us to want to trust in something human, some institution, some leader, some system. And in the end, if there's one thing, history proves us, Only God can give you consistent peace. Kings come, kings go, empires fall, things happen. Here's what Isaiah said. If you're fastened to this, if you're fastened to my throne, if you're fastened, if this, Jim, if you're resting in me, no matter what happens around you, I can give you peace. And here's the sad thing. Even after God delivered Israel from Sennacherib, they tried to cut have a treaty with the Babylonians who later destroyed them. What are you trusting in? What? I think many times our emotions are an indicator of what we're trusting in. Are you despairing tonight? What's going on? Here's the fact. I'll give you some principles in a moment. But if you're resting on any of these, Anxiety is the result. It comes, it goes. Little, I was sitting in my backyard in tears over America. Oh my God, what's going? Oh my God, Lord goes. Hey, if I like retired from being God, He said. He said like, you feel like some I'm out of office. I'm no longer on my. Am I God or not, Jim? Am I sovereign over this nation or not? And when you put your hope in what you can't see, no matter what you see, that peace will flow. Now, once you've laid a biblical foundation, what do you do practically? You know, for me, I have to remind myself, every night, you're the only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, it's you. No one can thwart your will. I know the end of the story, that all the kingdoms of the earth will become the kingdoms of our God, that saint and all that will be cast, done, bound. I read the end. I remind myself, I know the end. I know the end now. Philippians four six and seven is not simple. If there ever was an impossible command, it seems like it's this one, but let me help you through it. When you hear a command like, don't be anxious about anything, how many of them that seems impossible? Raise your hand, you go. You got to be, oh, I mean, God, you're in heaven. I know it's pretty good up there. Like I'm down here. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about COVID. Don't be anxious about the economy. Don't be anxious about the election. Don't be anxious about the future. How do you do that? Now, one thing the Apostle Paul understood is it's not enough to try to stop doing something. You've got to start doing something. We know that helps create new neural patterns, but it's important. Instead of worry in every situation by prayer and petition with worship or thanksgiving, Present your request to God. What is Apostle Paul saying? Instead of worrying your way through your anxieties, worship your way through them. Why is that important? In my own life, I've learned the importance of verbally lifting up every one of my anxieties and stresses. I just worship over them. I thank God for them. Sometimes, Kathy and I, we, we made a commitment to pray every night before we go to bed of our married life, and when I've been home, maybe we've, I guess we've basically done that. And, but some nights, we just thank God over every need. We just begin to worship. Now, why is this important? The Bible says, when you come before God with your anxieties, you see, your anxiety will propel you somewhere. It'll propel you up, it'll propel you down. It won't leave you the same. And so, the Bible says, when you begin to worship, when you begin to come into the presence of God and you begin to thank him, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind. How does that work? How, practically speaking, why do we feel better when we worship? Why do you feel better when you thank God? Why is that? In fact, why is it that the harder it is to praise him, the more powerful it is? Why is it? This is the peace Jesus talks about. And so when I, when I get home and I have my final prayer time, there are things I'm just gonna begin to thank God for. I'm I'm gonna thank God for his mercies and his grace. Now, when you begin to worship, when you begin to praise him, We know what happens because when you were born again, you've got this new nature. It's a well. We're commanded to drink from it and drink is synonymous with worship. So when you begin to worship, when you begin to praise him, God, I thank you for what I'm facing in the economy. I thank you for the challenges I'm facing. I thank you for where we are. I thank you. I trust you. I give this to you. All of a sudden, the very life of God begins to flow into your inner woman or your inner man. That's just biblical. His peace, his grace, his joy, it does not make sense. And the moment that happens, the moment you feel loved by God, it's no different. If someone you really love comes up and puts their hand on your shoulders, man, I love you, you immediately feel better, why? Well, you're showered with feel good neurochemicals to start with. Oxytocin, oh my gosh, dopamine, why? Because when someone that loves you affirms you, it touches you. When God affirms you, it's not just spiritual, it's chemical. All of a sudden, even though your circumstances have not changed, how you feel about them has changed. That's just the power of it. You say, Pastor Jim, do you do this? This is my lifestyle. This is what I have to do to deal with anxiety. I've got to praise him. I grew up you know, in a a great Christian home. We used to sing this song. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and soon you'll be excited about what the Lord has done. Sometimes I just begin to count up my, you did this, and you've provided this, and this could have been worse if you hadn't helped me. God, you did this. I take my stand and praise. And what happens is my psychology changes, even though maybe my circumstance hasn't. Maybe I'm still waiting on the phone. I know that doctor's in tears. I know he's a young doctor. He's afraid to tell me, I think you have cancer. I'll never forget it. He's kind of, you know, and so I get back into his office. He's just, I've got good news for you. I said, I've got better news for you. My daughter went to a state university. It's going to save me money. He goes, he goes, you don't have cancer. I go, okay, fine. He goes, you're worried. I said, not nah, really. Why, what, how's worry going to help me? In the end, is worry going to heal me? Heck no. It's going to deal with my cortisol levels. It's going to make everything. No. I woke up and I go, what if I got cancer? I said, "Can't, can't lose. I'll be gloriously healed or I'll be with you. I'm not putting that on, beloved. I said, Lord, I thank you. You've got this. Do you realize you cannot lose as a Christian? Apostle Paul said, I'm kind of happy to stay down here with you, but man, if I don't, I'm in glory. We can't lose. We've read the end of the Bible. Now, but then it says this. Once this becomes your lifestyle, the enemy will come to ruffle that. He'll try to test your newfound peace and tranquility. I've discovered, as you have it's really easy to fall back into patterns of stress and anxiety. It just is. Isaiah 30, 15 and 16 said this. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. If you'll just rest in me, if you'll just trust me in quietness and trust in your strength, but you'd have none of it. You wouldn't do it. Instead, you say we're going to flee on horses. We're going to flee to Egypt for help. We're going to flee here. We're going to make this alliance. We're going to figure this out. He said, "You said no. We'll flee on horses. Therefore, you'll flee. We'll ride on swift horses, but your pursuers will be swift." What's he saying? You can't outrun anxiety. You can't plan. Many of you, brilliant, you're planners. You've got all these plans. I got my retirement. I've got this. This is going to happen. Pass me mine. Well planned. You never planned for COVID. You never planned for an economy to be destroyed. You never planned. That is why, in the end, God is not just a contingency planner. That's human. God knows. God's planned for your future. He has a plan for you. Do you realize the privilege of giving tonight? We live on God's economy. And when we walk through pain, he doesn't just bless us out of our resources, he blesses us out of his. Now, that's why Paul says this in Philippians 4, eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, and lovely. Whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I think it goes on to say, it's not in front of me. And the God of peace will be with you. Now watch me for a minute. Here's the key. Yes, you give your anxieties to go, go, go home tonight, praise over them, thank God over them. Man, there's plenty to choose from. But in the end, what are you ruminating on? What are you pondering? Especially when you go to bed at night. What are you thinking about? What's going on with you? I'll never forget many, many years ago before we had the big housing crash. Maybe you remember that. That doesn't seem like much now, the last recession before this. And, and, um, and I, I was in prayer and the Holy Spirit said, listen, this is when you're gonna sell your house, I'm telling you the truth. And he said, it's gonna be a hard time when you sell it. Don't read, it. stay away from all news when you put your house for sale. See, in the end, what you feed on. And so my house sold, I made massive profit. It was the last house to sell in my neighborhood for two years. And a flood came and wiped my neighborhood out after I sold it. But I really, really, what the Lord told me is, Jim, what you feed on is the greatest future you'll ever trade in. What you feed on. You know, I don't know about you. How many of you the, this, all this election stuff can be a little wearing and frightening. Just raise your hand. It can't be. It's just like crazy. What the Lord told me, he said, stop reading it, Jim stay in that word or you'll get anxious stay in that word jim he's told me that from time to time because like you i can what about this what about that oh what if i have cancer Mm. what if the economy doesn't really change Mm. i mean i mean i can go there god says jim is that honorable to think i won't take care of you jim is it commendable to worry as if I'm not sovereign over your life and promise, that doesn't mean I don't plan. That doesn't mean I don't vote. That doesn't mean I don't pray. I do all those things. But in the end, that's what I've sat my life on. Beloved, I know it's hard. Whether you're one of thousands watching or in, or four other sites, wherever you might find yourself, God gets it. We can talk a lot about prison. Sometimes the greatest prison is the prison of our own mind, the prison of our own fear, our own anxiety, the worry of our kids. I know it's hard. I mean, let's be honest. 2020. A lot of people laughed about seeing 2020 this year. No one saw 2020 this year. No one. It's been brutal. Of course, Steve and I have perspective. We'd be talking with great leaders in other countries and their people were starving to death in their homes, quarantined. They say, Pastor Jim, we're more worried about starving than COVID. Starving. Steve remembers those conversations. God's peace is counterintuitive. What do I mean by that? Because it doesn't flow out of circumstance. It's easy to feel you have the peace of God when everything is going well. And many of us were quarantined for good periods of time and we discovered things about ourselves we didn't even know were there in our family. I know it's hard, but Jesus says, I'm leaving you peace. It's my peace, but it didn't work like the world's. Therefore, you don't have to be troubled. Talk about a troubled time, uh, Jesus was gonna be brutally betrayed, murdered, then raised from the dead, then take off on him, in a few weeks after that, and leave them to face the full weight of persecution in the Roman Empire, that'll trouble you. He so there's a peace. And it starts, I will give perfect peace to those whose mind, the word mind, there's an interesting word in the Hebrew, those whose view of the world, those whose mindset rests on me because they've put the weight of their whole life on me, not on political systems, not on stock markets, not on education, not on connections, not in the best. Perfect peace. You're saying, Pastor Jim, are you telling me I don't have to be afraid? I'm not telling you you'll never face fear or anxiety, but I am telling you Jesus in you can fill you with peace. He'll subdue it. So when you go home, we'll do it here in a moment. I encourage you Let's lay those anxieties on his shoulders. He said, unto us, a son is born. Unto us, a child is given. And the government of all of our lives is laid on his shoulders. It's on him. Your kids, your life, your health. I know it's hard. It has been a hard year. We're just hoping, oh my, Jesus, are those, are those vaccines coming? yes. But in the end, I wish that was enough to give you peace. If it's not COVID, it'll be something else you'd be worrying about. It's him. He has this country, your life, your business, your family, your spouse if you're married. It's on his shoulders. He's not been dethroned. He's sovereign. There'll always be hearts that don't want him, but he is the sovereign of sovereigns and the king of kings. He holds your life in this country. You say tonight, Pastor Jim, I need some help implementing peace. Just raise your hand right now for me. But don't wave at me. He said, I need fresh peace. I want you to pray this with me right now. Jesus, I give you my anxieties. Now quietly, just list them. Tell them what's affecting you. Weighing on you, just tell him. Now, take a deep breath. Say, I receive your peace. Now, pray this Lord Jesus, I thank you. You have every one of my burdens, every one of my anxieties. Sing. Flood me with your peace, fill me with your peace. I'll pray, I thank you for Church of the King. Pastor Steve, Jennifer, this great team and all their locations, their presence online, I thank you the best is yet ahead. The best is yet ahead. Keep us in your perfect peace.